just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. My daughter is possessed with an evil spirit. Yes, so I can see. Have you paid in the proper amount of offering? Yes, almost high priest. Representative of Estarte, goddess of the gods, co-god with Baal, highest god of all gods. Your daughter is possessed with the evil god Mat, antagonist to goddess Astarte and the most high god Baal. I shall appeal to Astarte, the female counterpart of Baal, and she shall heal your daughter, or not as pleaseth her. Oh, thank you, almost high priest. Oh, goddess Astarte, we plead with thee. Yes. I can see the gods didn't help your daughter. This is the season of the year when the evil Mart obeys not goddess Astarte. Why don't you give up, Neb? No, never. There is help for my daughter somewhere. I know it. I'll take three of these, please. Three? How is your daughter, ma'am? The same, thank you. No change. Now, I've heard that there is a man over in Israel who has performed miracles. What kind of miracles? Well, they say he heals the sick and the lame, the dumb, even brings sight to the blind. Oh, but I don't suppose it's true. Such a thing is impossible. Of course. something that might interest you. There's an Israelite man over in Galilee who goes about the countryside through towns and villages healing all manner of diseases. Whole towns are free from any sickness or suffering when he goes through. One of the merchants at the marketplace told me the same thing. But no such a thing is impossible. The Israelite woman living across from me told me. She went to one of those Israelite ceremonial feasts and saw the man. Saw him actually heal a blind man. I didn't believe her, but she insists it's true. How do you... Oh, it's you. Come in. How are you today, Aznev? All right, thank you. And the, uh, your daughter? The same, thank you. I came to talk about her. Um, as her mother, you, you love her. I and... love her very deeply. I would gladly die if in so doing I could make her well. That is true love. But uh, people are, are talking. Everyone is... Uh, well, I've even conversed personally with people who claim that they have actually seen and heard him. And it seems that, well... Uh, well, people are saying that that man over in Galilee, he was born, so they say, uh, somewhere down south around Jerusalem. Well, anyway, he seems to have a lot of power, power over everyone, everything. They, they say he even commanded a storm to be calm, and it did at once. Did he ever cast out a, an evil spirit? That's what I hear. Oh, maybe he can. 
can help my daughter. Oh, Asnib, hey, don't get your hopes aroused. It probably isn't true. Why not? For one thing, people are saying that this man brought to life a dead girl. Now, that is impossible. Even you know that. Uh, so the whole story must just be a pack of lies invented by the Israelites merely to impress us Canaanites. But maybe, just maybe, it could be true. Oh, Asnib, you went to the temple and appealed to the goddess Astarte. Yes. And you got no help. No. Baal and Princess Astarte are the main gods of the universe. They couldn't help your daughter. So how can you possibly hope any god can? And more especially, a man. Maybe he isn't a man. I mean, he might be a god in the form of a man. A living god? Oh, even Baal isn't alive. My daughter must be healed of her soul. All those stories from so many different people couldn't all be lies. That man does have an unusual power. He, he will heal my daughter. I, I will go to him with our great need of his healing power. He'll help me. He will, I know, but... But he's an Israelite. I, I'm a Canaanite. They hate us. They won't do anything for us, not even give us a drink if we're thirsty. Oh, I might as well give up. No. No, I will not give up hope. And my only hope is the man from Galilee. Our lifeless gods can't do anything for my daughter. Why shouldn't I go to someone else? I will. Here that you're getting ready to go to Galilee. Yes. To find Jesus of Nazareth. That's his name? The man who heals? Uh, well, yes, you, but you needn't go to Galilee. It's said that he's here, right here in our little village. It's in a certain house away from the crowds, resting. I'll go. I'll wait outside the house until he comes out. And then I'll present my case to him. And, and my daughter... She'll be well. I'll care for your daughter while you're away. Uh, rather, I'll take her home with me, and the wife will care for her. Oh, someone's coming out now. Several men. That's him. He looks like a god. A kind, sympathetic, loving God. They're coming this way. Have mercy on me, O Lord, the son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. I beg of thee, Lord, cast forth the devil out of her. Master, send her away. She is a heathen, a Canaanite, and she is bothering thee. I am not sent but under the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. It is not well to take bread away from the children and give it unto dogs. Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Where's Mother? Oh, she went to the... You're well! 
again. You're healed. Oh, your mother will be so happy. I love my mother. She's such a good mother. Don't you think so? <laughs> <laughs> continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Do not murder! yourself, did you? Let me explain. When you pray, you're talking to God, you know, the creator of the entire universe, the greatest power that exists. No one knows more than God does. So, well, whenever you have a problem, you're supposed to get help, right? Right. Like, if you're sick, you want the best doctor, right? Right. And if your car breaks down, you want the best mechanic, right? Right. And if you're hungry, you want the best cook to fix you food, like my mom, right? So, so when you have a problem, a serious problem, like you're worried about something or scared about something or someone is mean to you, you want to find the best help there is. That would be God. Carlos, are you worried about something? No. Are you scared about something? Mm, no. Is someone mean to you? No. So why do you need to pray? I'm just saying that praying is like reminding yourself that there's someone just waiting to help you when you have a serious problem. Like when something bad happens, you can say, Hey God, I'm your old friend and I have a serious problem. And he's ready to give you some good ideas on how to deal with it. 
In other words, praying is like keeping the door to heaven open. Wow, that's beautiful, Dora. Hey, I can figure things out too, you know. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Join me today for another story just for you. The Case of the Undelivered Handbills by Sidney Allen. Dad, can we go to the World's Fair? Daryl Alcorn asked. He'd just received in the mail a fascinating folder that told about the wonders to be seen at the great display. I don't know, son, but it's possible. We'll all have to save our money in order to go. But, Dad, Darrell replied, I don't have any money to save except my allowance, and there's very little of that left after I pay for the things I need in school. At this point, Darrell's mother entered the supper table conversation. 
I heard today that Bobby and Sam earn money from Mr. Prow for distributing handbills in their district. You know, handbills that tell about his special sales at the store. He may need someone for that job in this part of town. Why don't you ask? The next afternoon, Daryl burst into the house a little later than usual to report the news that Mr. Prow had been looking for someone to deliver papers in the district where the Alcorns lived. So he had been given the job. He'd just need to deliver 200 handbills every Wednesday after school. He was going to start the task the very next day. The whole family rejoiced in his good fortune, and each member began to make their own plans about how to save for this special trip. For Daryl, new tasks were often more interesting than old ones. This proved to be the case with the handbill job. At first, Daryl was eager to get the work done. But after a while, his mother had to remind him that it was handbill day when he forgot and came home on Wednesdays instead of going out on his route. As time went on, the weather grew colder. So in spite of warm mittens, a coat, earmuffs, and a cap, Daryl came in from his task with skin nearly blue. The sum in Daryl's bank account was steadily growing, though, and this fact encouraged him to keep on with the job in spite of the discouraging cold. At least the money encouraged him, until one certain Wednesday. That morning, the family arose to find a thick blanket of snow on the ground, with more snow falling like soap chips from the sky. As the radio newscaster gave the morning commentary, he read notices from several schools that classes would be canceled for the day because of the drifts on the roads. No announcement was heard from the church school, however, so Darrell put on his rubber boots, a heavy muffler, and all the other gear he wore during foul weather, and plowed through the drifts toward the school. His mother became a bit worried about him that afternoon as she thought of him distributing his handbills in such bitter weather. She wished that Mr. Prow would call off the job that afternoon, but she knew that during a snowy period he had to do more to encourage people to visit his store than he did during normal times. Darrell got out of school at 3.30 p.m. each day, and it usually took him until 5.30 to carry out his task on Wednesdays. On this day, his mother decided that if he did not arrive home by 5.45, she would go out in the car to help him. While she was making these plans, she was surprised to see her son come in the door, fresh and energetic, at just a few minutes after 5. He had no papers in his hand, and she exclaimed, "'Well, Daryl, however did you get done with your job so quickly on such a day as this? It is so hard to get around this afternoon that I was planning to drive to your rescue in a few minutes.' How come you're home so soon? Oh, it was so cold that I just decided to work extra fast so I could get inside and warm up, that's all. By this time, Daryl had removed his icy mittens and was beginning to undo the woolen muffler. Mom, he added, my bank account is growing. I'm sure we'll be able to go on that trip. Well, keep working faithfully, son, and even if we don't go to the fair, you will have your money for something worthwhile. That's a lot better than wasting it on things that aren't much good. Don't forget, God expects us to be careful in the way we spend the money he helps us earn. You got your job with his help, and you must remember that your strength and your earnings are really just loaned to you by him. A few minutes later, Daryl's dad came in from work. He too was surprised to see Daryl home so early. Something about Daryl's explanation left a question in his mind, but he didn't say anything to anyone about his doubts. The next afternoon, the telephone rang at about three o'clock. Mother heard Mr. Prow's voice. Mrs. Alcorn, some of my steady customers have been calling in to say that they didn't get their regular handbill yesterday. There is Mrs. Novato, 
Mrs. Nelson, Mrs. Walker, and Mrs. Bryan. Do you think Darrell would be willing to see to it that they get one? Mother remembered the quizzical look on Father's face the previous evening and assured the friendly storekeeper that she would see that the job was done. Mother put on her coat and drove right over to Mr. Prow's store. She picked up a supply of leftover handbills and then went over to the church school, arriving just in time to meet the students as they were leaving. Darrell was happy to see her and to be able to ride home in the car. The weather was still extremely cold. She invited Bobby and Sam to ride with them, for their homes were along the road to the Alcorn Place. As the car moved somewhat uncertainly over the icy streets, the boys commented upon the difficulties of their task the previous afternoon. Mother asked Sam and Bobby when they had finished. Bobby said it had taken him until 7 p.m., and Sam said he had worked until 7.15. Mother said nothing more until she had deposited the two passengers at their homes. Then she said to Darrell, Are you quite certain that you went to every home in your territory yesterday? Darrell nodded his head to indicate that he had, but his eyes were strangely attracted to something down on the floorboard of the car, and it was evident that he did not enjoy discussing his activities of the previous afternoon. Darrell, you might as well tell me the truth, Mother went on. Did you deliver all your regular handbills yesterday afternoon, or didn't you? Darrell was silent. Then a couple of tears trickled down his pink cheeks. Before long, he had told his mother how, after the first fifty deliveries, he had gotten so cold that he had decided to deposit the rest of the papers under an old log. I thought nobody would want to read an old grocery announcement on such a stormy day, he defended. What do you think you ought to do to make this thing right, son? Mother asked. Darrell said, Well, I ought to give Mr. Prow back the wages he paid me, and I ought to pay him for the wasted handbills, and I ought to give him a chance to fire me. His voice was heavy with remorse. I agree with you in all three suggestions, Mother said. Let's turn around and go see him right now. Mr. Prow was glad to hear an honest confession. He accepted the wages back and asked Darrell only to get the handbills out that afternoon, even though they were too late to do much good. He didn't fire him, but urged him always to be faithful in his work in the future. It so happened that Darrell did get to visit the World's Fair. He learned many wonderful things there about science and business and industry and even religion. But so far as his character was concerned, what he learned from the case of the undelivered handbills was by far the most important. He realized that more than going to the World's Fair, he wanted to live for Jesus and travel the universe with Him someday. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church. Let the children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become.
the children come. Please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.